Welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Justin Box. So that's all. Welcome Justin as he comes to share the word. So great. Good to see you all. So good. Hey, um, so, great, 11-11, 11-11, so last, was it last Sunday? No, two Sundays ago, my ute didn't start, um, for those who, you might have heard this testimony last week, my ute didn't start, um, funny story, my, my battery's been playing up, so I unplug it from the thing, so it doesn't drain overnight and then I just put it back on and then we start so I went to start it and I thought in my head that I left it off so that I left it off but it still was flat so I went to start my car and it didn't start so I called an uber and I'm um, got in the uber and um and I felt look sh- really long story short but I felt like God highlighted to me because he loves the uber driver the same that he loves me uh that the guy had a sore neck uh, so word of, uh, I felt like I had a word of knowledge, which is one of the spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Word of knowledge is something that the Lord gives us, every person, um, when we believe that he does and we press into it and want to learn and grow in it. Um, something that's currently true or in the past that he reveals by his spirit that no one else could have known but God so that, that person feels seen and known by God, yeah, and loved. So that's the whole heart of it with lifestyle and walking into a room and, and seeing people, it's because that's what he wants to do. And he, he, Bible says that he's making his appeal through us, which is really exciting. So I just, I was filtering through what I felt specifically. Um, and my, my heart, and specific to me, not everyone feels this way, but my heart is that people feel seen, loved and known by God in, in an encounter with the power and kindness of God. So that could sum my life up really as a hashtag or a catchphrase. So I asked him and he said, yeah, how did you know? And I said, oh, God told me and I just shared that whole thing I just shared with you that God wants to speak to us. Well, he, he's actually, he's always speaking to us. But when we start to learn how he speaks and receive it and step out, then we can actually, it confirms that he speaks. So every time I, I approach someone with what I felt he said and it's accurate, I realize that I am hearing from God and I keep getting encouraged. So I asked him and we prayed and it, the pain was about an eight and it dropped to a four. And again, I want instant, but I'll take four. Yeah? So, uh, so we just kept praying and he was started to, his mind started to get blown away. And uh, so we prayed again and it went to nothing and all the pain had left his body. And as an Uber driver, he doesn't believe in Jesus. And my ute was flat. I found out later that I did take the thing off and I didn't put it back on. (laughs) I forgot to tell you. (laughs) So can we just believe that God is the God of the universe and that he's one step ahead? And perhaps he just took that out of my mind to think that my ute was stuffed because he saw this guy from the foundation of the earth, bled and died for him, actually already removed his sin and sees him like Jesus. But he's got to activate all that. He's got to activate the promise and believe and confess that there's one God and that he raised Christ Jesus from the dead. So anyway, so 
Last Sunday, so that was two weeks ago, so that guy's going, my mind is blown. And I shared about repentance and transformation and Jesus and the cross and encouraged him. Uh, and that was amazing. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually, anyway, let me just keep going because I'm going to just get into all sorts of trouble. Um, last Sunday, I bought Lee tickets for her Christmas present to the basketball. Okay, guys? Because she loves the basketball. So my present to Lee, I hate basketball. I don't like going. Never been to any NBA games. It's not my thing. Um, so I felt, look, I'll just sacrifice my time and I'll buy Lee a, uh, tickets to the basketball. She loves basketball, so come on, don't judge me. And I get something out of the present as well. It's great quality time, one of her love languages. Okay, so we go to the basketball and we drive to Mike and Julie's who live in South Bank. We have to get an Uber. Who loves Ubers? Of course we do. If you're a taxi driver, we still love you. Um, so <laughs> bless you, bless you, yeah, wow. Okay, so we're digging holes this morning. Um, Okay, so we get into the car, and again, that's my heart. It's my heart. I'm not going in there, oh, I'm trying to convert this guy, but I want him to encounter Jesus. So I want to be intentional, but not intense. Yeah? I, I want to show up. And the more that I believe in the Bible, the more I'm going to show up naturally. The more I believe that he's for me and loves me and sees me as Jesus, Romans 6, read it, guys. Romans 5, read it. 5, 6, and 7, and 8, read them all. It talks about how we're baptized in his death and raised with Christ. Full on. It's, one of the, it's some of the most full on theologies of the new creation person is Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8. Have a read of it. It'll back up what Lee said this morning. So that's my heart is that they experience God and, and, and I'm growing in this. So it's not just the first thing I think of, but I'm really feeling it out. God, what is it for this person? And I had the random thought that this guy hurt his ankle playing soccer. That's specific. I'm like, shivers, this is really specific. How the heck am I going to come out with this one? Hey, Cheech, um, did you hurt your ankle playing soccer? And, and I want to grow into that. But I sort of forgot about it and then just started listening to his life and asking questions. And we're at Lee's in the back and we're just on the way to the basketball. It's about an eight-minute trip. Um, so I'm just talking to him. And then, and then we said, so what do you do? Do you, like, you go for the Tigers, do you, mate? Well, you know, a bit of banter. Um, and I said, I go for the Tigers. And, and he didn't really follow football. And I said, oh, do you like soccer? And then he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I don't think he said played soccer. No, he said, I like watching soccer. And then I remembered about five minutes earlier, I had that word knowledge. Well, I thought it was. So I said, hey, mate, did you hurt your ankle playing soccer and it's still bothering you? He said, how did you know? <laughs> mate, I'm just a kid from Dingley. Seriously, I'm as messed up as you are. I promise. I love how Peter's been honest on Wednesday nights. He goes, we're all messed up. We're all messed up. I'm not some guru up here. Now, I'm not so, so messed up that I shouldn't be a pastor. <laughs> but we've all got stuff going on. And I joke around with my mates because we've all got kids now. I'm like, I'm look at, we go, to, go have a beer and watch the footy. And I'm like, we're just kids from Dingley. And we've got kids and responsibilities. But seriously, like, I'm having a thought. And I went on this journey in 2010 when our life blew up and I said, this is half time. What do I actually believe? Do I believe in power or do I just believe in trying to convince someone that Jesus is real? Or can I operate in kindness where they feel seen and loved and known? So I'm just going on this journey of, of I, want, I want to move in power and power doesn't look like a lightning bolt. It doesn't look like thus saith the Lord. It doesn't look like what's been... like like pressed in and formed a brain track in your head. That you, that's what you go to when you think about power. Well, you, you think of funky preachers from the past operating power and the room ends up like a circus. Like that 
all those things are real and they build uh, an argument against God moving. But I'm just a kid from Dingley. Came here hungover, long blonde hair, and just went on a journey. And then went on another journey because I believed a whole lot of stuff that wasn't true. I went on another journey in 2011 and said, if this is real, let's do it. If Jesus said we can do greater works that'll change the world, let's do it. And we went on a journey. And it, and it took effort and it took sacrifice and it took discipline. They're all good words. It's not all about the glory and soaking and just, it's all good, guys. Our hearts live in a posture of rest because of the finished work. But rest does not mean inactivity. We're created in Christ to do Good works, where his workmanship, the Greek is masterpiece. So we've been fashioned and formed by the one so that we can lead people to the one. We have an encounter, then we become an encounter so that others can have an encounter. So we have an encounter, a life-tipping, life-altering, life-marking experience with the one and we're stunned and speechless because we experience his kindness and power which released Faith, that's grace, that's kindness. The word kindness is grace. And grace came and he gave us all the ability to say yes because before grace appeared, before kindness appeared before you and around you, you didn't have the ability to believe him because we were separated from Jesus and we had no capacity to believe. Even though we were formed in the image of God and we were loved by him all the time, but Jesus came to be, that, to be that link between heaven and earth, between God and man. And he was the kindness and the power of God manifest. And he was grace, which gave you the ability to believe. And that same grace is available because it's not just for salvation. It's for the workings of the Spirit. Romans 12 said that he's given gifts. Ephesians 4 talks about the gifts that Christ gives to the church which is the fivefold ministry, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. Then he talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the spiritual gifts. He talks about the working of faith and, and, and power and miracles and um, prophecy and the gift of interpretation and distinguishing of spirits and a few more. And, and the Bible says in Romans 12, talking about gifts, he says that according to the grace given... So we receive gifts according to the grace given. What's grace? It's the kindness of God. But what, is actually, what does the kindness of God actually do? It's not just a feeling like we know kindness. Kindness is the fuel and the empowerment given by the Spirit so that you can accomplish what you couldn't have done before grace appeared. So I really feel like this morning that God is highlighting grace to you because I'm just a kid from Dingley that's believed him and grace has come into my life that allowed me to believe back when I had beautiful long hair in 2002 and said yes to Jesus and went on a journey. But it's, grace isn't a one-time deal. But, uh, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 3, around verse 1 to 4, that we become stewards of grace. So we become stewards of grace. What's stewarding? It's taking careful manage. That's the Greek context. To take careful manage of grace. So we look after grace, we nurture grace, because grace is the fuel and the motivation and the, and the empowerment of us who believe. So I'm in this taxi and I just, I'm like, I'm just stunned that it was accurate, but I've seen it 100, 200 times in the last six years. And I'm stunned by it, 
Because it's just like the God of the universe is actually using, using us. He's using us. And he's using you as well. And it's going to look different. And he said that he couldn't check it out. I prayed for him. And he couldn't check it out. So do you know what I did today? I, um, I wanted to check in on him. And I'm like, how do I contact an Uber driver? Because it's all pretty confidential. So I click, I lost an item. <laughs> so then what that does is I enter my phone number and then I push send and somehow, because technology is amazing, it calls his phone. So I'm on the phone. And he, yeah, the voicemail answers. I said, hey, mate. Um, this is me, didn't really lose an item, but just wanted to contact you about, just wanted to check in and see how your ankle's going. And then I, and I gave him my number and hopefully he'll call me back. Hopefully he texts me. Text me, mate. Um, but yeah, but, but we're believing, we're believing that God is actually going to do something. We believe that God is going to do something. Let's see what he wants to do today. That's going to tie in great. So we've been talking about process, the journey. We've been talking about the journey. You know this because you go to this church. We've been talking about the journey because there's so many things. I've got lists of sermons and truths and kingdom principles that I want to share and I can't share. And it's not saying I can't share them with you guys because you're not ready. It's none of that rubbish. But it's just um, because that's ridiculous. Um, but I feel like the Lord wants to lay some foundations in us so that the things he wants to do, we can. Jesus talks about new wineskin. He goes, you don't, you, no one pours new wine into, new, into old wineskins. Not saying this is an old wineskin, guys. Just... But, but he wants to create a new wineskin, which is a new belief system, which can house what he wants to do. If we don't address belief systems and foundational truths, and, and identify lies that we've believed and then replace it with truth, we, uh, there, that's the foundation for all kingdom living and thinking. Replacing lies with truth. It's amazing what we actually believe about God and it's not actually true. Like you might think that you're a sinner saved by grace. Not actually true. Some might be offended now and you're saying, prove it to me. Read Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8. Read every introduction to the epistles by Paul. He does not say, hey, to the sinners at Ephesus. Saints. Romans 6 says dead around 20 times. You are dead to sin, dead to sin. When we can get that, that's a foundational truth that we actually believe that we're not a worm, that we're not no good, that we're not worthless, but we're qualified to experience his tangible presence and grace and everything he wants to do in our life. Amen? So we're on this journey of we're on this journey together as a church because we want to establish a culture that's going to transform Melbourne and Australia that Bella and Jude's children's children can walk in freely. So we're not in a rush or a hurry. We're going to see bursts of encouraging and amazing things on this journey. And that's why it's important for us to embrace the journey. We cannot live with an outcome focus in life. You cannot live with an outcome focus in life because the outcome is not in concrete. The outcome's not 100%. You can have dreams and goals and desires and they're of the Lord and from the Lord and for the Lord. 
You can have a picture of success. It's important. Businesses must have a picture of success. They've got to have a goal. They've got to have things that they attain to. We've got to have those dreams and goals and things that we attain to. But if our mindset in the journey is outcome, we're never actually present. We're always looking for when this happens, when that happens, then I'll do. It's a cause and effect based on what happens rather than who he is in your boat now. So if we skip and just want to get through trials and get through tough times and get through challenging situations, guess what? We are going to miss 95% of life. You know our message is positive and full of hope and we believe that God is a hope giver and we can expect really good things and I believe Jesus is coming back for a glorious church. Glorious church. So stuff can happen in the world but I believe that Jesus is coming back for a glorious church, not a tattered, whimpering, weak bride. That's my personal belief. And that changes a lot. That's another block of foundation that we build expectation on. So do you have a process mindset which embraces the journey and embraces what he's doing in your trial right now? Or do you have an outcome mindset which wants to skip and bypass all the good that he wants to squeeze out of the trial? And we just skip from outcome to outcome, but actually we always have to go back to that because there's purpose in it. Because there's things that we can only get in that trial that we can't get on the mountaintop when everything's peachy. That's why in James it says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. There's many kinds of trials. 95% of your life is a trial. Well, that's weird. You're a hopeful preacher. (laughs) Yeah, but you deal with this one, there's going to be another one. Non-stop. This morning I'm thinking about it. Everything's awesome. No, nah, there's four things right now that are hurting me and I feel it right in my chest. And I'm worshipping God and it's awesome and it's amazing reading his word. Maybe read it three times this week. Oh no, not every day. No, I read it about three times this week. I did some other things with him. But we're on this journey. And I feel like the Lord wants you to know that every trial, tribulation and, and all the stuff that we go through is actually purposeful. Let's not try and just get through the trial because he wastes no season. He wastes no season. So our ability to see him, often the last thing we want to do is go to him and we run off. We stop coming to church. We stop hanging out with believers. We stop being encouraged and we run away and we just block our ears and sing la, 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 hope this trial finishes. And he's saying, I I want to be present in your time of need. That's who I am, ever present. I'm your ever present help in time of need. And we are actually going to go to a whole new level, a level that you've been praying for in those good times. So I want to remind you of the good times when you pray, I want more of you, God, and I'm crying on the altar. I want to remind you of those times where everything's perfect and you're praying and reading and and praying for people and everything's awesome. You're saying more, more, more. Well, God's saying, I want to remind you of those times in this time that I want to be just as present, but we're going to sort out stuff that's in you, your character. Because character proven brings hope. James says, the goal of end of James 1, 4 or 5-ish is that we're complete, perfect and lacking nothing. Consider it pure joy. joy. Consider it pure joy. Consider it pure joy. 
Is he a psychopath? Is James a psychopath? No, he's speaking truth. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds, brothers. And then we go to the end of it and we see, so that, so that, so that, a result of what he started with, so that you will be perfect, complete, which is another word for peace, oh wow, um, perfect, complete and lacking nothing. What's in the middle? This stuff is all important because, James says, this stuff is critical because your awareness of the things that are happening in you and through you because of him pushing stuff and, and touching stuff and saying, hey, this is in the way of love. This is in the way of love. God hates anything in the way of love. He's not sin conscious. He's son conscious. He's daughter conscious. He's more worried about you than the sin because he dealt with sin. It's not an issue to him. But he's, he doesn't like anything that gets in the way of sin. So when we look at the world, he's not angry and he's not saying, you guys are no good. He's saying, we've got to repent. You've got to change the way that I think about you. Because I'm mad that this is in the way of you and I. Completely different mindset. He goes, I'm upset. And I can be grieved because this junk that's in your life, non-Christian or Christian, is getting in the way of love. Complete lacking. Complete perfect and lacking nothing. Consider it pure joy. There's a link between the two. And it's actually being present in the trials and not having a process, not having an outcome mindset which is hoping you'll just get through it. This is so critical because our life, I won't say our life is a trial. Yeah, I will. It is. It's nonstop, all the time. I'm not prophesying negative, but if you're not having one now, it's going to be a hot week. Some of you don't have air conditioning. That's, that's not a trial. <laughs> It's really annoying and it'll put you into a trial with your stinking attitude. <laughs> but you hear what I'm saying? Um, can Mitch jump up? That's great. I want to get to something. There's no pressure, is there? Thanks, Jesus. Yeah, so he wants to develop character in you. He wants to develop character. Romans 5 is, Romans 5 is another cracker. Paul says, Paul and James, they must have got together. We exalt in tribulations. The bottom of that little sentence is, and this hope does not disappoint. We exalt in tribulations. Consider it pure joy when facing trials. We exult in tribulations. Consider it pure joy when you face trials. Complete, perfect and lacking nothing. And this hope does not disappoint. Both have this central element in there about not wanting to bypass trials and, and tribulations and challenging times because they're uncomfortable. We've been ingrained in Western culture that I'm convinced that the world has a goal and it is to escape discomfort and pain. And it's a process that I've got to go on to allow Bella to be exposed to pain and, and discomfort. Because if we can actually learn 
And I'm talking not flicking the channel when we see a starving kid. We don't want, dis- we don't want discomfort. We don't want pain. Quick change. I'm protecting myself. This is, this is one of our core values in a really perverted way. That we're trying to avoid discomfort and pain. And I love what Bill says. He goes, we've got to ask the Lord to expose us to discomfort and pain. Because there's something that only God can do when there's discomfort and pain, when there's a challenge. There's a tension between not praying for trials and not getting weird about it. Everything gets weird super quick. But I feel like he wants to do stuff in us because the wineskin deal is corporate, but it's first personal. He wants to pour new wine in, into a new wineskin. That new wineskin is a belief system that is according to God's beliefs, not what we've heard, not what we've believed from people, but also experiences. What happens is we have experiences and we've been taught something and the two join together and form a belief system and the Word of God, we get all weird and confused because they're not lining up with the Word. So what we've got to do is believe the Word and go through it. Sit on a verse for a year. Get around people and say, this is what it says, but this is my diagnosis. And this is my family history. And this is what that person said about sickness that it's sovereignty and God will just pick and choose. And we've got to go, wow. We've got, to, we've got to deal with that and we've got to go after this. Let's stand to our feet. Yeah, we love you, Jesus. This is real talk. This is real talk because we're, we're all alive. All these things are real. We, we're a human. We eat, we breathe, we work, we drive cars. We've got family, we've got friends. We're all in this together. But yet behind the veil of skin, we're, we're really different. There's complex stuff going on in our thoughts, in our mind, with dreams, desires, goals, things that we want to see, picture of success. What's my life all about in the glimpse of eternity? There's a new song saying that our life is like a shooting star. James says that our life is a vapour. When we look at it with the grand scheme of eternity. So, That's really confronting. So knowing that our life is a vapour and it's like a shooting star, I feel the importance on this in the time that we're living in. Not saying in the time that we're living in. Oh, saying the time that we're living is amazing and it's exciting because God wants to represent Jesus to the world in ways that we've never seen. We're on the cusp of a really large outpouring and it's not going to be from one or two people doing crusades. It's going to be from all of us believing Romans 5, 6, 7 and 8 and starting to believe that we can do greater works, that we can see Uber drivers encounter Jesus because we walked into the room and God was inside of us. So it's just like He walked into the room. Yeah, let's start talking to Him. You might want to put your hands out in front of you. You might want to put them up at Him. 
You might want to just worship Him. So pointing at Him helps you concentrate. You might want to invert your hands so you think like you're receiving and it just helps you in this process. These are little things that we can do to help us encounter the Lord. Closing your eyes is good if you don't get dizzy closing your eyes. You might just want to sit down and close your eyes. But whatever you've got to do to position yourself, I'd encourage you to do it. Whenever we pray or worship in church, whenever we go after moments in church, whenever Tash or any of our worship leaders go off the page, whatever you've got to do to engage, why don't you do that? So just now as Mitch is playing, Jesus, what are the prayers in your heart? God, I don't want to be an outcome-minded person. I want to be present in the process so that I can realise that you waste no season, that you're working on my character so the dream can come true. So I realise that if you don't work on my character, that dream might not ever happen. Wow, that's full on. But you're working on me. Why am I going through the same trial? Because God's saying, I want your dream to come to pass in your life. And if it doesn't, and if you don't deal with this, the dream will only last a, a little while because your capacity will not be able to handle it. The blessing that I give will actually crush you and not bless you. So, Lord, I thank you this morning. You're releasing grace, the ability that we didn't have before, fueled by kindness, to go after these things that you're touching, that you're pressing on. It's not to shame you. It's not to embarrass you. It's to call you up higher. He's saying like he said to John in Revelation, come up here that I might show you what's to take place. I feel that's prophetic. Come up here so I can show you what's to take place in your life. And when you come up here, The perspective changes. So when I address stuff and funky things going on in your life, you experience kindness and grace and you can change because I'm with you.